This is DST Health Radio, the show that will help you master complexity and discover opportunity in healthcare. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to welcome Adele Allison to the show. Adele is the Director of Provider Innovation Strategies for DST Health Solutions. She's responsible for guiding the solution development strategies for DST for payer economic and value-based payment transformation. And she's an expert in operationalizing health value management in step with providers. She's with us today to talk about value-based payment in healthcare and what it means for health plans. Now, Adele, all segments of healthcare are moving towards value-oriented reimbursement models and the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act, along with various state legislation, is accelerating this transition. And you say now is the opportune time for the private sector to align strategically with this movement, but operationalizing new payment models can be challenging. So let's start at the beginning. We hear the term value-based payment or VBP a lot. Can you tell us about the concept in more detail? What is value-based payment and what does it really mean for health plans? Well, you're right, Kevin. Uh, VBP is just, it's a buzz term that's been out there for a couple of years now, but it's recognized uh, by anybody that works in healthcare as an imperative for our country. If we kind of state this simply, our current economic trajectory is just unsustainable. Our projected national healthcare spending is set to grow at an average rate of 5.6% per year. And it is expected to reach over 20% of gross domestic product by 2025, which means we're headed for disaster. Mm. Now, we all kind of did, you know, Econ 101 at some point in our lives. But if you think about 20% of GDP and what that really means, it's a great economic marker because that means that every time I spend a dollar on something in the U.S. and I think about how much of that goes to housing or transportation or education right. or, in this case, healthcare, we're expecting 20 cents of every single dollar spent in this country by 2025 to be spent on something healthcare related. That's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Today, these ever-increasing costs have little correlation to achieving value, which they define in terms of the triple aim. We want to have an improved care experience, better health, at an affordable price. And for this reason, payment models in the healthcare system are kind of at a crossroads. The predominant fee-for-service payment model that's widely recognized as a major contributor to wasteful spending and its barrier to improving healthcare delivery is just going away. And the new emerging value-based payment programs that they're putting in place are seeking to actually tie healthcare payment or compensation to measurable improvements in the quality of care you receive, in changing or improving your health status from outcomes, letting you have a better patient experience, and doing so at a more affordable cost. So these are often risk-bearing arrangements with providers. So what do plans need to do to make this transition? And and I that's a great question, Kevin, because it, it's not just a cultural shift that we're having in the country. It's also a technology shift. It's an infrastructure shift. Um, And plans are being challenged to move away from these transactional types of payment where I pay you, you know, 50 bucks every time you do a chest x-ray to uh, payment that is driven by analytics and by uh, data where 
what I pay you is based on what I've defined as value, how, how much value you bring to the patient, to the member of the insurance right. company. In other words, if you did a chest X-ray on Adele, if you did one on me, um, and, and the question is, did that, it's not just that you did one that I'm going to pay you, I'm going to say, did Adele have a satisfactory experience with you? And the fact that you did that chest X-ray, did it contribute to an improved health status? Now, mm -hmm. if the answer to that question is yes, I'm going to pay you better than the guy down the street who is delivering low-quality, high-cost mm -hmm. care. So for plans, what do you recommend? we recommend, yeah, we recommend um, five best practices to kind of move in this direction and the markets vary, but the first thing, the first action is assessment. Um, you've got to know where you are. You have to know your, the current status of all your payment arrangements with the various providers that you contract. Um, so you need to look at those agreements, byline a business, you know, figure out where you are. Right. And then you need to develop your strategic roadmap so that you can plot your course towards your transition. And it may be different from various markets. The third thing you need to do is build your operational infrastructure and acquire technology or add-on technology that creates the flexibility you need in order to move to analytic-based payment. Fourth thing, integrate innovative payment solutions with population health management. And I know, Kevin, you've talked to Amy Falls. That's one of the other that's podcasts right. that you do. That's something DST focuses heavily on, is that analytic piece. So why not use that to drive payment? And then the fifth thing that you want to do is collaborate with the providers, really start to have some transparency in what's going on with the data analytics so that you can together achieve a better member patient health outcome. That's really the name of the game. It's about health value management. So five practical steps health plans can do today. A lot of work to do. What are some of the biggest challenges this presents? Everybody, provider, payer, vendor, it doesn't really matter. For everyone, it's a big cultural shift in the way that we manage health care. So let me give you an example. I'm, I'm talking to you right now from Alabama. And in the state of Alabama, um, you know, our state motto is thank God for Mississippi because we're like, 50th in the nation for obesity and I mean it's just we're we're at the bottom of that list very often whereas you live in Oregon which is right. known for you know fresh air and I've been to Portland you know people walk and they bike and they a lot of outdoor right. activities um, so that right now when we think about the way we deliver care care is episodically delivered I treat the patient when they have a heart attack what about preventing cardiovascular disease so they never have the heart attack to begin with? Um, by doing that, um, not only is that better for the patient, heart attacks are expensive. But in order to do that, a patient on average is awake for 6,000 hours out of the year, but will only see a physician about one hour a year. So if I've got diabetes, which could put me at a higher risk for heart attacks, it's up to me to become engaged in my chronic disease and manage my care. And so that's where we see this reluctance to change. It's all the way from 
people hate change. And in the South, we love to say, I'd rather have a rash over 70% of my body than do it differently than I've done it before. <laughs> and so it, it, it's challenging. But uh, for plans and providers, it also means that you have to modernize your infrastructure. So change is cultural all the way down to the patient. But it's also within your operations. And as I travel around the country speaking to health plan executives, I can confirm just how challenging modernization can be, particularly when we're talking for, to a plan that's not, you know, the 800-pound gorilla, when we're talking to small or medium-sized insurance companies. With little capital to, to invest and a need for new expertise, and resource constraints because they've got competing priorities on their plate, they, these plans become very stymied in trying to move forward with modernization. So value-based payment is complicated, but it's essential to remain competitive and or complying with a lot of these uh, new plethora of federal and state regulation requirements that are coming out to move in that direction. So it can literally become kind of a chicken and an egg situation for health plans, which is very challenging. You need expertise, you need skills, you need infrastructure to drive the future re revenue. But at the same time, you need revenue so that you can obtain expertise, skills, and infrastructure. So no matter which came first, it's important that you break the cycle and move forward. You are listening to DST Health Radio. You can master complexity and discover opportunity with DST. For more information, just visit dsthealth.com. Our guest today is Adele Allison, Director of Provider Innovation Strategies for DST, and we're talking about value-based care, value-based payment. And Adele, how can DST help plans in their transition from volume to value-based payment? DST can, can be a plan's analytics, and operations partner for these new DBP programs. All plans have a claim system. Um, I have a, a colleague who says, you know, it could even be one of those old Soviet mainframe claim systems. And it's, it's good at doing fee-for-service pricing and fee-for-service payment. But what we're offering now, and this is, this is very new for us, is value-based payment analytics and pricing, or essentially the ability to administer these alternative payment arrangements, and we're offering it as a service, so you don't have this big heavy lift um, where you've got to do a huge implementation. Uh, so you don't, uh, you, you can get to a new infrastructure and meet these legislative mandates and remain competitive by just telling us what you need and letting us make the sausage, so to speak, so that you can move your infrastructure forward. We can help take care, take, we can take in your claim data from any claim system. So our, our solution is claim system agnostic. It does not have to be a DSP platform. Um, we can analyze that data uh, and assign quality and value scores for the services that were performed by the provider and then deliver real-time pricing of claims based on the provider's performance metrics. And that's, you know, analytic-based payment. And, and we can also provide ongoing online uh, performance transparency that can be shared back to the providers. And that feedback, if you're going to pay me based on my performance, you need to tell me how I'm doing so I can take corrective action if I need to. 
So we can make that available online down to the individual provider level. And that's a, a pretty important part of making this new model work and, and lessening provider abrasion. We can also help with consulting services to evaluate operational readiness, uh, quality and risk analysis as a service, uh, contract modeling, episode payment operations as a service, shared savings. So if you're getting into this and you're doing it on Excel spreadsheets, you need to be talking to us and let us actually automate some of that process as a service. So that's really the big push that we've got going on. We've been speaking today with Adele Allison from DST Health Solutions. You can learn more about value-based payment services and the transition from volume to value by visiting dsthealth.com. DST can help plans master complexity and navigate the changing landscape of provider innovation through expertise, outsourcing, and technology. Adele, it's been great speaking with you today. Thanks a lot for being our guest today on DST Health Radio. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Thanks for listening to this episode of DST Health Radio. But it doesn't end here. Just go to dsthealth.com for more on how DST helps health plans optimize clinical, operational, and financial outcomes by integrating data and analytics with leading technology and strategic advisory. That's dsthealth.com. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Thanks for listening.